0: Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And Caroline, we've talked about all different types of communication and how gender plays a role in that. And we're going to do the same thing today, talking about one of my favorite forms of communication.
1: Emojis. Emojis. Nice. And it, it is emojis, not just like emoji and emoji as plural.
0: Yeah. So we are, uh, deferring to the AP
1: style guide as well. We should exactly because I am also an editor, not, <laughs> not just a, a podcaster. I am at my heart. I am an editor. Yeah. And the, and the
0: AP decided that because of its clarity, the plural of emoji is emojis. Okay. So. Listeners, if you are uh, an emoji plural user, which I was before I learned about the AP style rule, then (sighs) now now we know it'll save you a letter. (laughs) Thank God it's settled. Um, But we're going to talk about, obviously, emojis, but we're going to talk, too, about emoticons and gender. And before we get into the meat of this conversation, Mm. because there actually is some important stuff. To discuss. And there
1: are emojis for meat, <laughs> yes, particularly like the chicken wing or the drumstick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness, so mm-hmm. I can describe all of my meals. That's all I need. I, well, because I only eat at medieval times. Yes, so really, all I need is that turkey leg emoji. And that's that's a pricey
0: meal plan, Caroline. Oh, well, you know, it comes with entertainment. That meat isn't cheap. <laughs> Tell <laughs> me about it. Um, but I really like though if we, if we go back to pre emoticon days. How Vladimir Nabokov told the New York Times in 1969, I often think there should exist a special typographical sign for a
1: smile, a supine round bracket. Uh, of course Nabokov would say supine round bracket. Are you not a fan? No, I, I mean, I'm a fan. I like Lolita. <laughs> it's fine. I, but, you know, he did write about a young girl in a very not so great fashion. Yeah, that's true. So
0: so what would be the emoji you would use to describe your feelings about Lolita then, Caroline?
1: Oh, probably the one that's all straight lines across. Mm-hmm. You know, just like two lines for the eyes and one straight line for the mouth. Like, I enjoyed it, but I'm also like, mm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. See? And and that communicated your sentiment to me mm. so effectively.
1: Yeah, but I guess I also have that face of, like, a lot of the... Because I actually didn't read Lolita until after college. And so once I did read it, and I I mean, I did enjoy it. You know, I did enjoy the writing and and everything. Uh, But I also had that mm, face at thinking back at guys who'd recommended Lolita and like the way that they recommended it. It just kind of skeeved me out a little. Same emoji for those guys? Yeah, same emoji. Oh, okay. So that's
0: I'm going to consider that emoji face now on my phone. The Nabokov,
1: (laughs) the the Caroline, the skeptical and somewhat disapproving Caroline emoji. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Henceforth, listeners, it shall be named.
0: Um, I really enjoyed, though, this SwiftKey sponsored survey that analyzed the most popular emojis by country. Um, Australians, I know there are so many of you listening. uh, Here's the thing. Y'all use the most symbols indicating alcohol. Nice. (laughs) Twice the worldwide average apparently. Also above average use of drug related emojis. 70% above average. <laughs> BT dubs. Um, as well as holidays and junk food. So I mean, it sounds like overall Australians yep. are having a good time.
1: <laughs> Y'all are just having a great time. What are the drug emojis besides? Isn't there a pill? Oh, there's a, a there's a syringe, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there's the syringe. Oh my God. I hope that there's a needle sharing program for that uh, syringe emoji. Well, hopefully those emojis are just symbolic of, you know, feelings and not actual syringes. I hope so. It's like, "Hey, hey lady, what are you doing later tonight?" and it's just like 15 syringes in response. Ugh. Yikes. <laughs> you would send back the Caroline
0: skeptical uh, face, obviously. Yeah. Uh Americans meanwhile apparently <laughs> apparently
1: love the eggplant emoji, <laughs> which I have never used. Really? I've never used it. Well, cuz for the longest time I didn't understand. <laughs> this is like so typical for me. I'm like 50 years behind all popular culture but like i didn't know what the eggplant emoji meant for the longest time i was like why are these people using the eggplant I, it, I get it now i assure you people are
0: just wild about eggplant parmesan in the oh United god States. yeah love it uh canadians though you threw the researchers for a loop with your your use of money violence
1: and sports related emoji yeah canadians they only seem polite uh, under the surface, they're seething with all of those knife and gun emojis. Um, and Russians tend to send a lot of cold
0: weather symbols. Not surprisingly, the French apparently send hearts all the time. Oh, wee oui, we, oui. <laughs> bonjour. Uh, and then the <laughs> Arabic speakers use flowers and plants the most. How pleasant! That is pleasant. I think they have the you know the most charming emojis use. Emo- well, yeah, I guess that is yeah, it's more charming than eggplant, but now, of course, this is our uh sort of latent request to our international listeners to let us know whether this survey is reflective of what you think that your national emoji style is, yeah, um, but Caroline, let's talk about you and me what are what are our favorites?
1: um, okay, the ones that I use the most are either like smiley happy ones. Oh, that's nice. Um, probably use those the most. Uh, the other one I use is like the, the anxiety face, which it's got like the, almost the lightning bolt looking mouth. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes. It, yeah. And it's like looking down and like, uh, uh I would, you know, now I wish we were on our Facebook live thing rather than in this podcast studio. It makes it hard to.
0: I really enjoy listening <laughs> to you describe emojis. <laughs> Keep going.
1: But that's the one I use a lot too, for like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Are there
0: any objects that you use a lot? Mm. Or are you mostly faces?
1: No, I think I'm I think I'm oh well heart the heart. Yeah. But other than that, I'm I think I'm mostly faces.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty French as well. I send a <laughs> lot of hearts. Especially with tweets and just sending hearts all the time to our kind stuff. Mom never told you, friends online. And Caroline, I have my phone with me so I can look at my
1: uh, most recently used emojis. Let's see what we've got here. It's probably hearts. You used, you used some flames in a text to me the other day. Oh, yeah. I like the flames. Let's see. My most re- <laughs> my frequently used are all of the
0: hearts, every single <laughs> heart variety, uh, the, the laugh crying emoji, 100, the flame, the dancing woman, um, and the taco. <laughs> I think that really sums up my life
1: <laughs> in so many ways. The taco was one of the new additions, right? Yeah. Because I haven't updated my iOS in like 17 years, which is impressive considering the iPhone.
0: <laughs> no wonder you just use the faces. You gotta get the,
1: the new. Is there emojis. is there a unicorn yet? Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Let me just like do a little like quantum leap and come back in time and say that the unicorn is and will be my most used one as soon as I update my iOS. It's just such a pain, and like my phone is so full. Of crap, and you need so much space to like update. Oh, Caroline! A thousand tiny violins for you. I'm not. I'm not living my best life. <sighs> okay, so
0: listeners might be wondering now, though, why on earth would we be talking about emojis? How can that possibly be serious? How can that possibly relate to stuff Mom never told you at all? It's so
1: frivolous, right? Well, I mean, yeah, it could seem frivolous, but in a way, emoji are really changing how we communicate with each other. I mean, just look at how the 2015 Oxford Dictionary Word of the Year was not a word. It was the cry-laughing emoji. And no
0: surprise, because people have posted that emoji to Twitter alone more than one billion times.
1: Yeah, I mean, emoji, just like emoticons before them, help people communicate to each other, the sense that, like the the subtext to a message or a tweet. I mean, it totally makes sense that they are helping kind of bolster our communication. Absolutely, because you have so
0: little context for text messages. You yeah. don't get tone, inflection. And, oh, man, if you get a, a text from someone and it ends in a period, Lord. does that mean they're mad?
1: No, I, I just yesterday sent an email to a coworker with a joke in it and had a winky face and when he responded he had no winky face and so i i took his uh his response as serious and answered him as such and then when he replied to me again he was like i can't believe you didn't get my joke i can't believe you took that seriously i was like bro bro you've got to have an emoticon
0: yeah sarcasm is challenging for me to detect (laughs) in text-only format um Also, though, when it comes to gender, there's been a lot of conversation in the weeks leading up to when we're recording this podcast about how emojis seem to perpetuate gender stereotypes. And as for why something is seemingly insignificant, as these little characters on our phone might seem... Uh Sophie Kleeman over at Mike says they are worth talking about, quote, because it's a small yet clear example of a social scheme that still manages to reinforce traditional gender stereotypes at every turn, even when the issue is as seemingly innocuous as a tiny digital face.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. So people are saying that emojis are sexist or that they're being used in sexist ways? Not well, they might be used in sexist ways. That
0: depends on the individual, sure. but sure. more that They yeah, they're kind of subtly sexist by only providing a very narrow and stereotypical
1: representation Mm. of the girl emojis. so like the princess and the bride
0: Mm -hmm. rather
1: than a a lady police officer. Yeah. Dancing woman. And
0: most of the active emojis, the sports ones like the bike rider and the swimmer, all that all dudes, all boy emojis, the basketball Mm. player. Looks like it might be a girl, but upon closer inspection, it's just a guy with shaggy hair. Uh, you know? So, always the MaxiPad company did a whole ad campaign around this created by Leo Burnett, which is brilliant. They were the ones who started the whole like a girl
1: mm-hmm.
0: hashtag campaign a little while back that went viral. And now they're doing the same thing with emojis and it's a good video and it like gives girls phones and has them talking about their emoji use and kind of points out how there aren't many girl emojis that are active and reflect like what they do on a day to day basis and the, you know, the girls get mad about it. They get fired up. Yeah, I
1: love angry women. But before we get like even angrier about gender stereotypical use of emojis or gender stereotypical emojis at all, period, we should probably inform the people of where emojis even came from. Yeah, that's a good idea. We love to talk about history, right? We love history, especially smiley face history. So the thing is, humans have been
0: all about pictorial representations of words since pretty much forever. I mean, before we had like the Phoenician alphabet, we had hieroglyphics and other kinds of images to get our points across. Um, and so for that reason, though, emojis are sometimes derisively referred to as the new hieroglyphics. Oh, we're taking our culture a step backward. Oh, why not?
1: I like hieroglyphics. Pizza emoji. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the dancing lady and the pizza emoji. Just another Saturday night. That's Caro. Uh, hieroglyphics. What about a little wine glass, too? Oh, heck, yeah. No, bring it all. Oh, that is another one I use. I do use the drinky drinkies, although I do send the drinky drinkies to friends. Sometimes to my boyfriend. My boyfriend is sober, but he does make a great cocktail for me. So... But anyway, yeah, sorry, we got off track yet again. Well, steering us back on track,
0: we have Adam Sternberg, helpfully over at New York Magazine, who dives into that prehistoric pictorial representation of our words. So first, as he notes, we had something called pictograms, which are essentially pictures of actual things, like when you draw a sunshine, indicating a sunshine. And these go back to ancient Mesopotamia, China, and Egypt. And then from there, we figure out things called logograms, which
1: are pictures to symbolize words, kind of like the money symbol. So like a dollar sign or a euro sign. or
0: Exactly, Caroline.
1: Oh, my God. I'm picking up on it. And then
0: finally, we have ideograms, which are pictures to represent an idea, which might translate an emoji speak to, say, the nail painting emoji if you are meaning, I just don't have time to listen to you right now.
1: Oh, I used that to symbolize an actual manicure the other day. Am, yeah, I, too. am I too literal? <laughs>
0: That's the thing though that people love about emojis mm-hmm. is that they're open to interpretation.
1: Oh, I like though. I like the idea of using that to me. And I just, I just ain't got time to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one bit of emoji prehistory I really enjoyed
0: was from a piece that Clive Thompson wrote in Woman Zine. Um, he notes how in the 18th century, especially people really love these things called rebus puzzles, which are kind of like proto emoji or as he describes them, deep history ancestors of emojis so the emoji equivalent of a rebus puzzle would be say like using emojis only to ask someone out for like pizza and wine so maybe you'd send like an emoji of two people and then a car and then a slice of pizza and then a glass of wine and then a question mark. Oh, yeah. No, I remember
1: those. Okay. I never knew what they were called.
0: Rebus puzzles. Yeah. My, one of my mom's favorite books, actually. If you ever come
1: over okay. oh. to my
0: parents' house with
1: just without you, just to hang out with uh, Yeah,
0: she may very well show you this book called CDB mm-hmm. and it's a book of rebus puzzles. And so CDB, you have the letter C and then the letter D and then a picture of a B. And it's this whole story told through. Rebus puzzles, and she yeah. just, she loves it.
1: Well, no, I remember those as kids. My dad and I used to, like, you know, quote-unquote read them, or I guess you were literally reading them before bed. And I remember getting, like, super upset if they were too easy to figure out. I wanted, like, every word to be an image, almost. Well, and they are fun to figure out, and they take some mental
0: prowess to decipher. But the thing is, Caroline, much like today... Back in the 18th century, and they existed before the 18th century, but back then, Rebus puzzle snobs considered those picture messages suitable only for dullards and children, kind of like people
1: who poo-poo emoji today. Oh, I just enjoy emoji so much. Yeah, but
0: I mean, it's the people who would refer to them as, oh, they're just a new hieroglyphics. Oh, kids don't know how to write words anymore <laughs> although i think that that's kind of a separate issue
1: yeah yeah that is a separate issue
0: but now i get to leap forward in time to everyone's favorite decade right now the 1990s
1: yes kristen that's right the era of neon wind suits and zach morris um but in the mid-90s in japan there was this guy named Shigetaka kurita who's working for dokomo pagers and he gets this idea he has the idea that users might like little cartoon symbols to communicate with each other. And the first that he helps develop is a cartoon heart. And this, my friends, is history's first emoji. So cute. I imagine it would be so cute. I like to imagine a little black and white, like, pixelated heart. My my heart is pixelated for you. I mean, and surely you would be excited about that because pagers
0: were, <laughs> you know, they are Rather unimpressive, like, ooh, I can spell hello with, with numbers only. That's
1: almost as exciting as when you were a kid and learned to um, spell blood on your calculator. Anybody remember that? Yeah, I I thought you were going to talk about spilling blood with your fingers, Oh, no, I still can't do that.
0: I learned that in high school
1: (laughs) because I was homeschooled. Right. And then as Docomo and others entered the cell phone game, the company expanded its emoji roster to 176. Uh, They were mostly faces, but you also had things like musical notes and stuff like that. Because kids, kids those days, kids those days, loved to be able to use these early emojis to clarify messages and avoid misunderstanding, the same reason we would use them today. But since those early emoji were
0: proprietary to Docomo, they showed up as what are referred to as garbage characters, which is what I also like to refer to rude people as, um, <laughs> on non-Docomo devices. And this reminds me, actually, of uh, one of my best guy friends had an old phone for so long. And I loved texting emoji to him because he would just get strings of garbage characters and it would frustrate him to no end. Um, but as... Emoji popularity picks up and also the Japanese cell phone market starts booming. You have this group called Unicode Standard step in. And Unicode is a nonprofit volunteer group founded by a Google guy named Mark Davis that standardizes digital text across different software. So it's kind of like the Rosetta Stone for digital text. Um And essentially, they are the ones that we can thank for, you know, me sending My mom, an emoji. She has a different type of cell phone and she gets, you know, the emoji and not a garbage character. Um, yeah, I don't, don't hurt your mom's feelings by sending her a garbage character. No, I never would, never would. (laughs) Um, but Unicode, which I'm only noting this because it will be relevant in a moment. Unicode, which is overwhelmingly dudes, this is back in the day still, they were aware of Docomo and its emojis, but they suspected that it was just going to be a passing fad. But of course, it wasn't. So fast forward to the 2000s and U.S. telecom vendors really want to start working with Japanese characters. But all of the emoji proprietary issues and the garbage characters are causing problems. So Unicode steps in and they standardize everything in 2007. And when Apple releases its iPhone that year, it actually buried an emoji keyboard in that phone to appeal to Japanese consumers And they were like, Americans aren't going to care about this. So we're just going to, like, bury it. But, of course, (laughs) we all know that it was unburied and the rest is history. Well, so buried
1: along with all of those emojis is the smiley poop, which, fun fact, I never knew this. It's actually considered good luck because the Japanese love puns just as much as we do. And their word for poop sounds a lot like the word for luck. And so... Why not have fun and make the poop symbol a symbol of good luck?
0: Yeah, so that's why the poop symbol
1: exists in our emoji vocabulary. I never questioned it. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's something bad about me. But I never questioned it. I just accepted that there was a smiley, googly-eyed poop pile. Well, apparently the googly eyes were an add-on from
0: some Apple designer somewhere along the way. But um yeah there is significance to the poop emoji and this changes the whole meaning it's a symbol of
1: good luck. Yeah I was going to say I was going to say that the googly eyes make it more palatable. Oof yeah but mm.
0: <laughs> not so much. Um but people not, might still be wondering like ladies ladies ladies. Where is the sexism here? Are you saying that the poop emoji is sexist or something that it's looking at you the wrong way? <laughs> What could possibly be going on? Why am I always getting cat called by piles of crap on the street?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, I mean, fast forward to today and you have this rampant use of emojis and they're especially popular, of course, among younger kids. And those younger kids are seeing all of these gender stereotypical emoji. I mean, (laughs) what can what can you be when you grow up? If you're a girl, according to the emoji alphabet, you could be like a dancer you could be someone who looks kind of like a Playboy bunny, like the Twinsies one.
1: <laughs> that yeah. one's always
0: been a little curious to me. Um, you could work at a salon or be a princess or a
1: bride. Yeah. Well, I mean, what more could a woman want? Honestly.
0: Well, and there's the, the hair flip emoji, which as you pointed out, what was it actually?
1: Yeah. So the hair flip emoji, which, uh, by the way, the other night when I was looking at, at the sources, I, I had to text Kristen and I included the hair flip emoji and I said, it, is this one the hair flip emoji? I never knew what she was. She's got, like, her hand up by her shoulder like you should be placing a tray onto it or something. Like, she works for a catering company. And I was reading something that was saying that, like, oh, you know, we love our emojis so much, but we want them to... Uh, mean more than perhaps they in, were intended to mean. And so we've renamed the service desk woman the hair flip emoji. And I was like, what, what, what do any of these things mean that I just read? And so I went down a little Internet rabbit hole and discovered, which I mean, I don't know, a lot of people probably already know this. I I did not know any of this. Um, But the woman that symbolizes the hair flip of like, again, I don't have time to listen to you or like, I'm feeling so hot today. She she was meant to be like a helpful lady behind a desk pointing you in the right direction.
0: Who knew? Yeah. And here, to me, she's just been flipping her hair the whole time. But with that always emoji ad going viral recently, Caroline, there's been a lot of focus on the hair flip emoji and all of the other lady emojis. And like the hashtag like a girl ad, it went viral. And so you have a lot of media outlets Talking about and calling for Unicode directly to broaden its gender representation. I mean, you have a few years ago, I think it was in late 2014 when Unicode finally got the memo and added skin color options for some of the people, not all of the people, but some of the people. And they might similarly add gender options at some point down the road, but it doesn't really look like that's going to happen, at least not in the next round of emojis that we're going to get.
1: Yeah, because it seems like Unicode is focusing more on offering male versions of the gender stereotypical female emojis. So they would have the counterpoint to the princess. So they'll have a prince, a groom, a guy dancing. Thank God, finally, men can dance. Um and then they're gonna have new sports emojis, things like a wrestler. Uh but watch out. I just heard that like some wrestler caught herpes off of a mat recently. So like watch out. Um So maybe
0: the wrestler emoji with like a caution emoji next yeah, to it. Okay, yeah. good to
1: know. Um and then maybe a water polo, because why would we not need that? Uh and handball. But these are all going to be dudes. Yeah.
0: Well, and I like, though, that looking at the list of the, the possible emojis that they're going to vote on, one of the few women is a pregnant lady, which, I mean, I see how that's useful. But I was like, you're not helping matters any. But the one request I have to Unicode is to please not put the terrifying clown face emoji <laughs> that some sick person suggested. Wait, is it
1: like the it face?
0: Or is it just a clown? Listen, I'm not a fan of clowns. But also, an emoji version of a clown
1: is, it's, yeah, it's something out of nightmares. We probably, we probably don't need it. I could probably take a lady firefighter over a clown. I think, I think that's what I would choose. There you go. Right to Unicode. Um, nah, they'll just listen to this episode.
0: So we're kind of just going to have to put a pin in the whole gender stereotyping with emojis because it's sort of out of our control. I mean, people are, directly requesting unicode do it and they absolutely listened when people said hey how about some ethnicity options
1: here i i always go with the yellow though just because uh, you're constantly queasy that would be green or maybe that would mean i'm a witch she's a witch uh, yeah i stick with the yellow skin tone okay is that your is that your neutral yeah yeah Yeah, that is my neutral. I have to wear so much, so much foundation to cover that up. Well, one thing I was curious about with all this emoji
0: conversation, especially the attention to how girls use them and how stereotypical a lot of the girl ones are, I wondered whether there is a gendered use to emojis and also their predecessors, old school emoticons hot emoticons are already considered old school. Totally. Uh (laughs) And we're going to talk about that when we come right back from a quick break. Caroline, you know what I'm a fan of? What? The native template from Squarespace.com. Oh. It has made my personal website look better than ever before. And you know how easy it was? How easy? Really easy. Because you don't have to know
1: how to code to build your website. With Squarespace.com. Yeah, they have amazing and beautiful templates to choose from, whether you're promoting yourself, your yoga studio, your art practice, your podcast, whatever you do.
0: Squarespace has a template and easy-to-use tools for you. And better yet, Stuff Mom Never Told You listeners, you can head on over to Squarespace and get 10% off your order and a free domain name by using the code MOMSTUFF. So, what are you waiting for? Build that website. Go to squarespace.com, use code MOMSTUFF for 10% off your order and a free domain.
1: And now, back to the show. So, the desire for broader
0: emoji representation makes a lot of sense, but... The question we now want to tackle in the second half of the podcast is whether emojis are a gendered form of communication. Because I got to say, Caroline, I do use emojis all the
1: time in my texting with lady friends. Yeah, for sure. I use them. Well, I use them with everybody. Honestly, the person I use them with the most is my boyfriend. Like we we have communicated strictly in, in emojis before. Do
0: you all have and if this is TMI. You don't have to answer, but do you you all have a go-to emoji?
1: It, honestly, it's it's a lot of smiley faces and hearts. Like Aww. going back to the ones I use most often. Um, but it is to indicate like this is sarcasm or this is I'm saying this in an excited way or I'm really happy about this so that it we don't fall into the trap of like wait, there was a period at the end of that. Is he mad at me? Is she mad at me? What could that mean? Well, and the thing is, linguists are paying attention
0: to this. I mean, people might be snobs about emoji use, but linguists are taking them very seriously. And Stanford-trained linguist Tyler Schneeblen is one of those people, and he talked to the New Republic about that. And he says that we would assume that women use emojis more because we're supposedly more emotionally driven communicators. We want to really get our point across in as contextual of a way as possible. And the thing is, that is somewhat reflected in our emoticon use. We're still in the early days, unfortunately, of emoji linguistic research. But it does seem like with our
1: emoticon use, women are a little bit likelier to send
0: those winky faces.
1: Yeah, well, winky faces, but also exclamation points. Um, which could be a whole other episode. But, yeah, my boyfriend and I also obsessively use exclamation points. I don't think there's anything that we say to each other that only has a single punctuation mark. Like, if it's going to have an exclamation point, it's going to have five. If it's going to have a question mark, it's going to have at least two. What about semicolons? Oh, Lord. Well, I tend to stay away from writing essays. <laughs> I'm not writing any Atlantic think pieces to my boyfriend. Oh, so I, I do stay away from the
0: semicolons. But the thing is, when it comes to emoticons, while research has shown that women are likelier to use them, it's not like we're throwing them out left and right. Um, and, and the main study that people point to was a tiny, tiny study from 2010 that took place at Rice University. <laughs> and the participant pool was only 21 college students, um, but they analyzed. 124,000 texts that this group of college students sent and just 4% of them Hmm. contained emoticons and women were twice as likely to have sent one of those texts. But there is some interesting nuance in this because when guys did use emoticons, they tended to use a wider range of them to express a wider range of emotions, whereas with emojis and emoticons alike, women tend to keep it positive.
1: That's good. I mean, I guess you, you gotta stay optimistic. Question mark. Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> um, but it also seems like generally we've internalized this whole idea of the emoticon being a female expression idea, um, and built an unconscious bias against guys using emoticons. I mean, my my boyfriend I know doesn't really use them with other dudes he's texting with. Yeah, I meant to ask my fiance whether he and his guy friends
0: engage in much emoji back and forth, but from what I can tell, they tend to just send each other like funny photos a lot more often, which I feel like is like even cuter because that's a lot more work to <laughs> have to find find funny photos to send each other. It's a lot more work. <laughs> but there was this Zoosk Zeus- survey, Zeus is a dating site, for those of you who aren't familiar, it found that guys with winky faces in their profiles attracted less attention, hmm. whereas women with winky faces in their profiles attracted 60% more interest. And this, to me, immediately the first thing I thought of was like, it's because we're always expected to smile. It's the whole, hey, honey, give me a smile thing.
1: Why aren't you smiling? Hmm. Where guys are expected to be more stoic? Maybe so. I mean, and like emojis are considered kind of like a flirty or emojis or emoticons are kind of considered a flirty thing that more women are supposed to use.
0: Well, guys and straight guys, this now gets into more like heteronormative context because linguists, come on, broaden your study pool, please. Um, But research finds that guys use more emoticons if they're talking in either like mixed gender groups or just talking to a woman and ditto for younger people. Like younger guys are much likelier to use them in a flirtatious Mm -hmm. way with girls.
1: Yeah. Insert
0: winky face.
1: Yeah. No boyfriend dog way more likely to use them with me than anybody else, which that's how it should be. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and, and speaking of flirting
0: and emojis, Caroline, I'll go ahead and tell you the most embarrassing incident that I can remember I've probably done worse um, but oh no a long time ago now I was kind of sort of starting to see this guy and I really liked him and for some reason I thought it would be funny to send him a text saying like marry me in all caps and then <laughs> with the sunglasses smiley face because I was like the right. sunglasses smiley face will definitely let him know that I'm joking oh no yeah, he just didn't really respond to it.
1: <laughs> did you guys keep dating?
0: Well, he's not my fiance. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah,
1: I know, but like and- He didn't then ghost, did he? No, but he he put me on ice. Ooh. Yeah. He definitely iced me. Um <laughs> See, but maybe if you had tried Kristen, see see you probably didn't have enough exclamation points. I know. You probably needed 15 of the sunglasses smiley faces. Well, and at
0: that point too, the like one eye closed and the tongue out Face Did not exist yet. You know, the face that's like, I'm seriously joking. There's no way you could possibly interpret this as something you should (laughs) consider to
1: be a fact. Well, you should have just then taken a picture of yourself making the the winky tongue out face. I'm sure that would have won him over. If
0: only I could go back in time, (laughs) Caroline. (laughs) So but if we get back into this gendered speech, one other thing that was really fascinating to me and and again this goes back to a little more dated research because it's focusing on emoticons but linguists also suspect that women might be likelier to use them in the same way that we apologize in polite ways to kind of restore the balance of the conversation. Oh, as yeah. Linguist Deborah Tannen calls it.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, beyond just making sure my boyfriend knows that I'm like happy or even just neutral about something and just not mad, Um, I will totally do the same thing when I'm texting with friends to be like, no, you know, everything's fine. It is totally a qualifier and a language softening thing. Yeah, especially
0: if you... If something's been obviously been misinterpreted tone wise, when you respond to that text, there's got to be a number of like jokey emojis to to let the person know. Like, no, 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 (laughs) I didn't did not mean that one eye closed, tongue out (laughs) face, 17 of them. And the thing is, that same body of research did find that emoticons, just the basic no frills emoticons are very helpful for people detecting the tone and context of a text message or an instant message. So imagine how more powerful our emojis are. I mean, we have hundreds to choose from now.
1: Yeah, and a unicorn and a
0: taco. Exactly, which are so fun. And I thought it was really fascinating how another study found that emoticons and emojis are especially popular among professional group communications to build positive rapport. They lighten the mood in that kind of way.
1: Yeah, at my last job... uh when I was working with Dude Roommate and this other guy, they frequently would employ the winky frowny face. Oh. Because, um, you know, when you end up on those, like, terribly long corporate type of email threads with, you know, that are very, like, uh, office space style. And you're like, oh, my God, I'm so sick of these emails. You're leveraging assets to tap into the zeitgeist kind of thing. So, yeah, breaking out of the silo and going deep. Um. Dude, roommate and this other guy would, would always send like a smaller in-group message with the winky frowny to be like, everything is terrible. Ah, we can't escape it. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> and it built that rapport between you all, didn't it? Yeah, or something. It definitely drove us to drink at the bar across <laughs> the street after work.
0: Well, and spe- speaking of, of gender too, one thing that really jumped out to me in a piece we read in Horizons magazine, and that is, Horizons, H-E-R, was how Rights Media Education Officer Rosella Kabambo argued that that putting down emoticon and emoji use, as some people have, I mean, they're, and especially with the excessive exclamation points, there's so many columns, usually written by guys, I got to say, insisting that we clean up our online speak. She says... But it's linguistic privilege in action,
1: Ooh. essentially
0: like an established group trying to police how <laughs> we lay folk are communicating.
1: No, listen, like I, you know, literally the other half of my job at How Stuff Works is being an editor. And so I am very strict in that role of making sure like, no, don't be so frivolous with your punctuation use and with exclamation points. And, you know, emojis and emoticons obviously aren't a factor when you're editing an article. But I am absolutely like a keeper of the of the language when it comes to that role. But like, chill out. Like, why are you getting upset with people on whether it's text speak or online speak or whatever. Like, why are people getting so upset about the use of exclamation points and smiley faces? Because it's
0: ruining the English language. Oh, this darn hieroglyphs. Insert thumbs down emoji. <laughs> I think. Or maybe just the grumpy one. Like the the mean, like the devil face. Oh, yeah, that's scary. It's got like a beard. Yeah. <laughs> that it's about? got a goatee, I think. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. But Caroline, my favorite research finding out of all of this came from a 2014 study called Gender Differences in Text Messaging, and it referenced a study which found an age difference in emoticon use with female tweens and teens likelier to use them as a way to soften their messages, as we talked about, kind of that, you know, the the polite I'm sorry kind of thing, whereas Older women our age did not feel as emoticon compelled, but as a way to soften their messages. So I thought that that was kind of uh, a fascinating.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I'm definitely I guess I fall in line with with the younger kids.
0: But there's still. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's something a little bit different maybe with what they were looking at with emoticons and professional emails because i feel like for women of our generation we are emoji happy and also we love sending each other gifts Mm -hmm. and fun things like that Mm -hmm. that i suspect in my armchair opinion is a way to like temper the just constant 24 7 work life imbalance that exists today
1: yeah I do I do I am on like a constant group thread with with some former coworkers from that job, and we do send little check-ins via email a couple times a week, and it's just gifts. It's just a conversation in gifts, like, "How's your day going?"
0: Yeah, I mean, and there's a relatability factor, too, and all yeah. about building that rapport, that I don't think that emoticons, just emoticons, would have the power to do in the same way that emojis, and of course, gifts do. I'm a firm believer, obviously, in the power of emojis and GIFs.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God. I had to go through and clear out so many gifts from my phone, my, like, photo album on my phone, because I just – I do tend to communicate with them. It's a lot of head desk gifts. <laughs> if you know what I'm
0: talking about. I, I really enjoyed, though, how in this gender differences in text messaging uh, study, they found that digital natives, not surprisingly – just responded that we use emoticons and emojis just to save time. Hello. Why are we
1: going to type all that stuff out? Yeah, true. Cause you're, you're certainly not going to have a phone conversation. Oh gosh. No, I mean, who does that? Not me. I really don't have many phone conversations anymore. I don't either. I was actually on the phone with my father last night and my boyfriend beeped through and he was calling me and I, I like, I was like, dad, hang on. Hold on. So something's, something's got to be wrong. And I beeped over. He's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm like, oh my god, is what's wrong? What, what? Do you need me to stop at the grocery store? Is something on fire? What's happening? And he's like, no, I was just calling to see what time you're going to be here. I'm like, oh my god, someone called me. I wish that he was
0: calling to let you know that something at the grocery store is on fire.
1: Yeah, I, I probably am the person to check on that. You're right. So I think what is so appealing about emoji is the fact that there is this almost infinite range of potential meanings out there and that you can develop with your friends or your significant other, even your parents, kind of a, a secret language.
0: Yeah, this was something that New York Times tech writer and all around rad lady Jenna Wortham has written about many times. Um, but we read an essay of hers in Zine where... She describes her particular love of the tempura shrimp emoji, (laughs) which I don't think I'd ever used that emoji before. I'd never even really thought about it. But she loves it because she has a few different and very specific uses for it. Like She says for some reason it reminds her of Mariah Carey. So she will use it in those contexts. And also, if she feels like someone's being kind of crispy, She'll, she'll send the, the tempura shrimp as well.
1: I think the only time I've used the tempura shrimp is when I'm texting someone how hungry I am and then I go through and I find like every food item and do them each 17 times and so you get like a essay length thing of food-related emojis for me.
0: And yet you told me earlier with the semicolons you don't send essay texts. Oh! How the tune has changed. Again, I guess I was being too literal. Or maybe it's just, again, the power of emoji. I mean, how can you stop at just one tempura shrimp? Yeah,
1: look at how hungry I am. Here are seven tempura shrimps. Well, and you know what? Once that avocado emoji comes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. It's game over.
0: Well, you've got to get the... You need to update before then, Caroline.
1: I mean, I I have an old phone, though. I don't know. Maybe someone wants to write in and tell me what to do. I'm just imagining you carry around like a rotary telephone. No, I, I do. I, full circle, I do. I just have the Zach Morris cell phone. The Love brick it. that mm-hmm. I hold up to my head. But I'm wondering,
0: though, Caroline, I want to get your, your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. If and when our emoji keyboards do include more active, empowered girl emojis. I mean, what will be our use for them? I mean, do you think that it will change in any way how girls see themselves or how women communicate to each other or how we represent ourselves in text speak at all? Because I'll probably still use my hair flip emoji (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Your helpful woman at the service
1: desk emoji? (laughs) Yes, yes. I don't know. I mean, I think that that's total... Correlation causation question, because I think that um, it's a lot more in in how girls see themselves. And so, you know, if they do want to represent themselves to their friends in uh, emoji text speak as like a powerful lady, you know, maybe they will then at some point have that firefighter woman to represent themselves um, whereas right now they don't have as many options. Well, I mean, even just for
0: the sports and active emojis, I could see, you know, girls in middle school and high school who are playing sports who wouldn't mind using oh, an yeah. emoji that reflects like their interests and their athletics, too. Yeah,
1: it is weird to sort of be left out of that. Mm hmm. Well, and it reinforces the guy as the default as the standard. Yeah. Well, and that goes back to so many sminty conversations we've had. Where we've talked about the importance of having a diverse set of people in whatever type of company it is in whatever industry it is um helping brainstorm and make decisions. Because if you just have dudes, then they're going to be the most represented.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's why I mentioned earlier that Unicode and I, I went and counted on their website. Unicode is mostly guys. So, Um, Now, someone did have a theory that they might not have included more women occupation emojis because they didn't want to reflect gender stereotypes in that having like teachers and nurses. So it's like they almost overcorrected possibly.
1: Well, okay. so how about. And then of course you would get into questions of, again, who's the default, male or female. Um, but you know how you can click on something and choose the skin tone. For some of them. For some of them. Maybe you should be able to click on them and choose if you want a male dancer or a female dancer. Right.
0: And that's, I think, what it will ultimately be. And, I mean, and worth noting, speaking of diversity, the issue before that is that we had white as the standard.
1: Yeah. In or, emoji too. More for me, just yellow. Just yellow. Like the Simpsons. I mean, again, could that just go back to representation in terms of who's creating the stuff? Possibly. I mean, it might, again, be just an oversight, you
0: know, of people not even really thinking about the need for it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean,
0: clearly they thought of tacos, so. And it's because we asked for tacos, Caroline. Yeah, ask and you shall receive. Just like you got to ask for that raise. You got to ask for your taco emoji. That's
1: right. That's right. The important things.
0: Yes. And, and this podcast has all been a metaphor on negotiation at work.
1: <laughs> Surprise. Damn. Um but before we wrap
0: up, I do want to give a shout out to Stuff Mom Never Told You, bestie of the show, over at Makers, Amanda McCall who came up with feminist emojis of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, oh Gloria Steinem, Shonda Rhimes, Mae Jemison.
1: Yes. Yes. Oh my god, the Gloria <sighs> The Gloria emoji that's the one that I want in my library so that I can use that every day there you go every day well now listeners we want to
0: know your thoughts on emojis and if you want to just like tweet us your messages in emojis you can do that at mom stuff podcast or if you want to send us an old school email with old school emoticons mom7howstuffworks.com is where you can do that and we've got a couple of messages to share with you right now
1: okay we have a couple of letters here in response to our interview with bossed up founder emily aries so this one's from Sherard. uh he says i just listened to the bossed up episode which i thoroughly enjoyed love your work i'm so sorry you're busy Kristen. i'm glad you and caroline take the time to laugh and joke around on air it's infectious and a great way to start my day He goes on to say, One thing that really resonated with me was the concept of using the dollar as a method of political assertion. I moved from the South to New England because I did not want to support a state government that did not have my quote-unquote homosexual agenda at heart. The winters are cold, but the equality is soul warming. I have since gone back to school for a doctorate degree where the issues both you and Emily Aries point out are rampant. There are no dividing lines between my classes, the classes I teach, and anything resembling a home life. All-nighters are de rigueur, and the semester sprint melts into a thesis that feels like it goes on forever. It is just as bad for my boyfriend, who is a graduate student in the sciences where he is at the whim of the head of his lab. Principal investigators, it seems, are not often trained to be teachers, making it difficult for him to find a good mentor in the field. My burnout didn't really come to a head until I realized that both breakfast and lunch consisted of a cup of coffee, and by dinner I was positively miserable and making a lot of simple mistakes. It wasn't until my boyfriend pointed out, hey, coffee is not food, that I started to look at the way I was treating myself. Every day now is an active fight to treat my body with the respect it deserves in spite of a never-shrinking to-do list. One more thing I would be remiss if I did not point out that busyness and business were once the same word not a coincidence Ever since I realized the connection between the two I've pictured people in the business college across campus speed walking around with stacks of paper doing busyness work which is probably unfair but in some cases not inaccurate Again love what you do keep blazing trails we listen from the library and from the lab respectively and sometimes now while making this new thing called breakfast together Aw, oh, I love it. Congratulations on breakfast, and thank you. I've got a letter here from
0: Lauren, and she writes, I just wanted to thank you for the boss Up episode. Yesterday, I had two separate conversations about the need to create boundaries between work self and personal self so that I can perform better in both places. As a social work grad student, we talk a lot in class about the importance of self-care and preventing burnout, but it's not something I've seen my fellow students or myself adopt. I've always been the one to gain a lot of my self-worth from my work, which leads me to overworking, pulling the I'm-so-busy card, neglecting personal relationships, and not doing things I want to do, always being on the verge of burnout. Oh, Lauren, I can so relate. I'm about to graduate and start a new full-time job, and I really want to be intentional about taking care of myself and being assertive so that I can be a better employee, but also a better friend and girlfriend. Anyway, third time's a charm, and this episode reinforced my desire to make changes, to better advocate for myself and all of my relationships. To start, I finally used my grown-up coloring book a friend sent me months ago and colored a picture while listening to the episode. So thank you so much, Lauren, for that letter. And you got to tune in to our podcast on coloring books as well. And with that, listeners, we also want to hear from you mom stuff at howstuffworks.com is our email address and for links to all of our social media as well as all of our blogs videos and podcasts with our sources so you can learn so much more about emojis head on over to stuff mom never told for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com